welcome back to Carry On, the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church, where the pastors get together, talk about what's coming up in worship. I'm Pastor Steve, and I'm sitting here with... I am Pastor Brandon. And that's it. Woohoo! Pastor Megan is doing important lead pastor things. That's right. <laughs> and, and we are very happy to be on the podcast today as we are coming to our second week of our brand new worship series this fall called God Is, We, we Are. are. We're walking through the book of Genesis, not the entire book. That would take like five years. Mm-hmm. But we're going to we're skipping through some of the the key stories, uh, foundational stories of the the people of Israel, which ultimately leads to Jesus, which leads to us. And these are important stories. And last week, Pastor Brandon um, remind us. Pastor mm-hmm. Megan taught us from Genesis one. What mm-hmm. what did you get from last week and set us up for this week? Yes. Well, in short, last week was the creation story, the first creation story from Genesis 1, where we remembered that God is the creator, and we remembered that we are made in God's image, and we remember that um, we are part of God's creation. So I think it's, it's always good to remember our place in creation, <laughs> that we that God <laughs> is God and we are not, that God created yeah. us. But then also we have a special and a unique role. Uh, I think Pastor Megan used the little C, that God is creator, capital C, and we are also have a role in creation, lowercase c, in that we are to help God um, manage slash help life flourish here on the earth. Yeah, that's great. One of my most important theological things I learned early on was, one, there is a God. Number two, you're not it. <laughs> Just keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, that's that's good. Uh, uh, thanks for that. Uh, so Genesis one one through two four a is the first creation story of the Hebrew people, and this week we get to talk about the second creation story of the Hebrew people, but not all of it. Our actual mm-hmm. reading is Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 13, and then 22 through 24. So just remember, dear listeners, our readings are sometimes just abbreviations of the whole story. Because if we read the whole story, that'd take the whole worship service. And so um, what I want to do right now before we actually read the text for this week is just fill in the blanks between chapter 1 and chapter 3. Because we open with chapter 3 with a serpent. And we're like, what? <laughs> a few things happened in between the end of last week and this week. So if you have time, I really encourage you to really read chapter all of chapters 2 and 3 before you come to worship, if you happen to listen to this before worship. But do it anyway, either way. But here's what happened in chapter 2. We get another angle on the whole creation story, mm. where in chapter 1... Um, the, the purpose, in, in my opinion, the purpose of chapter one was to, to show that God is the, the one who brings order out of chaos. Mm-hmm. And it's this beautiful poem of separating and filling and, and God resting and how amazing and good things are. Well, I don't know about you, but when I look around at the world today, and I turn, I read the headlines, I turn on the news. Um, I sometimes wonder what happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if God mm-hmm. created this amazingly, beautifully ordered 
universe and called it very good. Um, it's not so good sometimes. Mm. Uh, I, I don't want to go down the rabbit trail of naming all of the things that are pretty awful right now, but I'm sure you can fill in the blanks for yourself. So the, the people of Israel were asking that very same question. Like, why is it not so good? We worship this God, Yahweh Elohim, who's supposed to be the creator of all things and, and called everything really good, and then said that, this, that God, Yahweh is the one true God. And so the people who, put, who compiled what we call the Old Testament, um, they had just come out of 70 years of exile. Hmm. And they're like, uh, that wasn't real good. <laughs> and things haven't been great. We've watched our city burn to the ground. We watched the temple be completely destroyed, the temple that worships Yahweh. And so they're asking the question, how can a good God allow bad things to happen? My guess is that some of our listeners may have asked that question. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I really think that's the purpose of this creation story is it really doesn't, it's not, it doesn't really care about like how the universe was created. Mm. It's really talking about how did evil come about, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So God creates um, Adam from Adama this play on words, the human from humus. The, so basically we're all just dirt bags, right? That's God, right. <laughs> we're a sack of, sack of dirt um, <laughs> that God breathed life into. And then the thing is that, that the, the Adam, remember, just keep in mind that Adam is not a proper name. Adam means the human. And so the human was created and... God said it's not good for this human to be alone. And so we tried out the animals, like the human named the animals, but it wasn't great. So, so God separated the Adam into two parts, male and female. So now humanity is created for this dynamic relationship, right? And, and it was good, and they were naked and unashamed. And, and God put... This tr- put the human in the garden, the garden of delight, which you might know as the garden of Eden, mm-hmm. and said, okay, human, there's only one rule. You've got all these beautiful trees, you've got all these beautiful animals. you got one rule. Don't eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, Pastor Brandon, hmm. it's, what kind of fruit was that? Was that apple? Was it banana? What what's going on with this tree? What do you think that's, this is? That's a good question. Doesn't say what kind of fruit it is. Nope. Just says it's a fruit. Um, and any parent will tell you, if you give your kids one thing not to do, <laughs> <laughs> the very first thing they're gonna do that's once right. you step out yeah. of the room. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's a there's a rule. So here here's a lot of people be like, what, who were Adam and Eve? Were they real? Is this a literal garden and all that? Mm. But just the names of the trees kind of indicate what's going on in this story. There's the tree of life mm. and there's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I haven't seen that in the grocery store. No, <laughs> right? no, no. This is a, this is a metaphorical symbolic creation story that isn't just about a particular person in a particular place and time. It's about all of us. And the knowledge of good and evil, that's a pretty big deal. Hmm. All right, that sets us up. So let's hear our text. The story continues. After we have man and woman, 
humanity, naked and unashamed, chapter 3. This is Genesis 3, verses 1 through 13. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animal that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God say, You shall not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, Well, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it, or you shall die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. And the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent tricked me and I ate. All right, let's stop there. So Pastor Brandon, what what jumps out at you in this story? What's going on here? Well, I love the blame game that uh, nobody is going to take responsibility for their actions. So uh, the man blames the woman, the woman blames the serpent. But ultimately... um, they did not follow God's direction. So God makes this beautiful garden and puts like one boundary. Like you said, there's one rule. Um, so God puts a boundary on, you know, how, how to make sure this, this time together is the most life-giving. And they're tricked by the serpent. So I would say number one is the blame game. That's what sticks out to me. And number two is why is there even a serpent? Yeah. Because if, if God made all things, then, you know, you get, here's another rabbit hole. So God made the serpent too. Yep. And the serpent tricks tricks the man and woman. Yeah. So I'm wondering what's going on there. Yeah, that that <laughs> that serpent image runs throughout the entire story. Hmm. And that serpent, I you know, I think one one possibility is that that serpent represents that voice that is always present. Hmm. That questions it it takes a truth and distorts it and questions the authority of God, questions what is right and what is wrong, and seeks to destroy. Hmm. It's this opposing voice, and, and it's present right from the very beginning, which tells us something about the nature of the universe, right? Hmm. And, and it's so funny because the serpent didn't really trick her. Hmm. Or them, actually, because I don't think it's just the woman. They're both standing there. They're <laughs> yeah. both culpable in this, right? This is not a woman-man thing because they both ate it right away. Mm-hmm. But what's so interesting is there there is a design pattern of human nature in this because the woman sees the fruit that it was good for making her wise. And then you can just hear, God said, don't, don't eat this. Mm. And then she even distorts the instruction and says, I can't even touch it. 
which wasn't what God said. You could juggle with it all you want, <laughs> right? Just don't eat it. And she sees it and takes it. It's like, God doesn't know. God doesn't know me. You can't tell me what to do. You can't. I have my own truth, right? <laughs> I can do this. And so I'm going to take it and I'm going to eat it. And then the man takes it and eats it. And and here's what here's what I think is so interesting about this. Is that they now had the knowledge, <coughs> right? They didn't know about evil. They actually knew evil. Mm-hmm. And they knew that they were capable of betraying. Mm. That's the knowledge of good and evil. You remember that first time your child actually uh, disobeyed you? I do. <laughs> you're like, you're like, oh man, this isn't going to be all fun and games, is it? <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think too that you see what it does to the relationship between man and woman and God is is right away. There's a separation. Yeah. There's a, what's this word? There's a. The, the karate chop the hand karate down chop. <laughs> the divide. There's a divide. There's a divide. Yes. yes. And now they're hiding from God. Yeah. And that wasn't the intention of the Garden of Eden. That's right. I think you said the key word, and that's relationships. Hmm. You know, long, going down a theological train for a second, there's been long, long, long history of debate over what is the actual sin here and what does original sin mean. And the, the sin here is not that now suddenly the, the man and woman are bad mm-hmm. creatures. They haven't actually changed in who and how they are. Mm-hmm. What has happened is that the relationships have been disrupted. And they are no longer, they no longer trust each other. Mm-hmm. She didn't trust that God actually had her best interest. And then once you realize that you're capable of betrayal, mm. suddenly you realize that nobody's trustworthy. Mm. I'm not even, I'm not, I can't even trust myself to do what I know is right. Mm. And so we hide. And like you said, we blame. We live in shame. That's pretty much the condition of mm. the world. So let, let we're just for sure. time's sake, let's read the last part of it and see how God, we, we're skipping over the three specific quote-unquote curses. But then it ends with uh, 22 through uh, 24. Then the Lord God said, See, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. And now he might reach out his hand and also take from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man and at the east of the garden of Eden he placed the cherubim and a sword flaming and turning to guard the way of the tree of life. So what do you think that's about, Pastor Brandon? We've got, we skipped over the curses Mm -hmm. where there's enmity between the serpent and the woman. There's the man has to till the ground. The serpent's going to eat dust, all that stuff. What's God doing here? This is really interesting because it almost seems like, well, the only way for God to preserve the tree of life is to make sure humans can't go near it. (laughs) Oh, interesting. (laughs) So not only is there separation between humans and God, now there's separation between humans and the tree of life. Yeah. 
Tell me more about that. The only way to protect the tree of life. That's mm-hmm. and I've not thought about it. That well, <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, I'm I've been playing a lot of video games with my son. But this whole idea that now there's a cherubim and a flaming sword guarding the way of the tree of life is to keep humans out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's almost like God sees what humans are capable of and has to protect. I don't know this whole garden. So yeah, interesting. So I want to flip the script on that for a second, because here, here's what I've been thinking about as I've been meditating on this text, is when we, when we initially think of like a curse and throwing somebody out, we, I think historically we've had this picture of God as this disapproving judge, mm-hmm. like, oh, I can't believe you broke my law. You horrible dirtbags, you, you're thrown out of the garden, bad shame on you. <laughs> and I actually don't think that's what's happening mm. at all. Mm. And and I don't think, I, I think that the, the flaming sword and the cherubim are not to protect the garden from humans, but they're to protect humans from the garden. Mm. And here's why. Humanity is so capable of evil. Mm-hmm that to live forever would be hell, right? (laughs) It's like, I'm (laughs) going to give you a gift. I'm going to let you die until you get this right, Mm -hmm. (laughs) until you Mm -hmm. figure this out. Because here's another thing that has some things that have been connecting for me recently is like sometimes we think that that we're separated from God because Mm. we've been thrown out of Eden, but that's not what it says. Mm. God is with us outside of Eden. God said, I, God never said, you'll never be with me. Right, right. God said, I'm keeping you from the tree of life so that you don't live forever mm. because that would be horrible for you. So I'm going to enter into your world of shame and blame and pain and violence, and I'm going to work with you until we figure this out together. Mm-hmm. to the point where I'm going to become you in the person of Jesus Christ and enter into your suffering and violence and show you. And it, so it's like mm-hmm. you got to get to the resurrection life before you're ready for eternal life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because eternal life, the way you are now, that would be a curse. I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, we do see what's really interesting is I like the the way you put it, that we're going to figure this out together. Yeah. Um because next week's story is from Noah. <laughs> yep. And so that's another aspect of uh, let's try and figure this out together. Yeah. And unfortunately, uh, spoiler alert, uh, <laughs> unfortunately we see that humans are capable of evil and we never stop being capable of evil. Yeah. And, and we never really stop being terrible to each other. And so it's really puts all of the ownness on God. Yep that God is committed to figuring out how to be in relationship with us uh, as evil as we are. Yeah, and, and the, the kingdom of God that Jesus brought is the picture of Eden, of what we were created for. We were created to be in relationship with God, with nature, and with each other. Mm-hmm. And that's what Jesus reminded us of. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, and even to the point of loving your enemy, Mm -hmm. because that 
is what's going to heal. That's what's going to bring peace, shalom, the Garden of Eden. Mm. And so as we look around, bringing it back to my opening question is our world today, what, you know, I came out of that evangelical world, and one of the blind spots, I think, in that theology is that we've made sin and salvation just about me and my soul. Mm. Like, oh, I just accept Jesus, and then I know I'm going to go to heaven when I die, and basically to hell with everything else, mm. literally, is what we've done. When in reality, <laughs> the good news is for all things. Mm. And so as we look around the world today, as disciples of Jesus, members of Easter Lutheran Church, what we're called to do is um, be the solution, (laughs) (laughs) be the love of God in the midst of all of the strife, all of the pain, all of the, and love our, people should, when people look at the church, they should see people who know how to love enemies Hmm. and love people who are different than them and and I don't want to make it all like rainbows and unicorns and just love <laughs> is all that matters. But truly love is all that matters. But mm. God's love, mm. right? I don't know. I'm preaching now, Pastor Brandon. Last thoughts before we close out? Yeah, I think you also mentioned something that because of the way things are, it's hard for us to hear and experience death as a gift. Yeah. And yet I hope listeners, no matter where this podcast finds you, that you that's a different way to think about death, especially the death of a loved one. Yeah. Um, so you may not be ready to receive that as a gift um, that a loved one has died, um, but ultimately, even in the midst of death, we find God is still giving us amazing gifts. Yeah. What if it's all a gift? Yeah. Oh, great way to end. What if it's all a gift? Because it is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, even the tough stuff makes uh, makes us think and grow. So thanks so much, Pastor Brandon. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in once again. I hope you'll be able to participate in worship with us uh, and here at Easter Lutheran Church, where our mission is to grow in faith and carry, carry on. on the work of Jesus Christ. Ooh.